And we're back. Joe. We're back from where? Where did we go? Holidays, some of oh. us, it looks like. You're on holidays? How, me? No, yeah. I wasn't on holidays, no. This is, uh, <coughs> this is for, mm, it's, it's their medical, it's medical condition. No, I mean, it's, uh, it's for, yeah. I took, some medi- I took some medicine and I'm feeling a little hoarse. <coughs> if you know what I mean. That's as, that's as much as I can say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling a little hoarse. So, uh, there you go. You can see all right. I'm, you see I see the, you're over there, yeah. I see you. Okay. See the screen. See the screen, yeah. And Scotty. Okay. And see Scotty, yeah. It's good, though. It's all good. Well, it's, you know, it's summertime almost, isn't no. it? Soon. It's deep winter, Joe. Ah, come on. That's why I wonder where you've been. Look on the bright side. <laughs> well, you just, um, yeah, do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, Neil, whatever it takes. <laughs> Um, so yeah so yeah you were asking I've titled this show Raindrops Before the Storm Raindrops Keep Falling on Our Head I know dramatic <clears throat> last week was kind of crazy in the sense of how many countries in the Middle East uh, carried out airstrikes against each other you know mm-hmm. it's getting hard to track them all I don't even I'm not even sure I have them all the, the, I just have from Wednesday Monday, Tuesday, I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. If you can think of something earlier, tell me. This is when um, the breaking news, the way it developed was Pakistan had condemned Iran for drone strikes against targets inside its borders in the region of Balochistan. Now, what's interesting is the Iranian media initially reported it too, but then retracted it. Mm-hmm. But then Pakistan upped the ante and uh, confirmed it. Since then, um, yeah, it's a, it's a storm in a, tea, in a teacup, in a sense. It's come and gone already. They each attracted their ambassadors. Okay, you 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 come home. I take you home. We go to war. Kind of like that. But within 48 hours, the ambassadors are back in their respective embassies. Yep. So it's a nothing burger in itself. But there's so, like I said, there's so much of it going on. Well, it was know. Kind of, yeah, that, that, that incident, I think, was a win for Iran in a certain sense, you know. Iran gets to... Uh, uh, Fire missiles, you know, at a as, I, as, our, as far as I'm concerned, a legitimate terrorist target. Which you know, I mean, it has to be. In, you have to see it in the context of the the bombing in Iran there a couple of weeks ago. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, they fired missiles into. Um, did the Iranians state that that's why why they did it? Terrorists to stop a terrorist attack, attack or this was target to, terrorists who were planning to target Iran. Did they specifically connected with the the bombing of the? In, in the south of Iran, at the Soleimani. No, no. the 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 missiles they fired into um, into uh, Syria near Idlib, right, were directly connected to. They said were directly connected. To, were a direct response to the bombing uh, at the Soleimani uh, memorial. Memorial. Um, and in that, allegedly, it was allegedly a Mossad or an Israeli. Um, you know, base inside yeah. inside Syria from whence the Iranians claim, you know, the Mossad, the Israelis are, you know, plotting and planning and carrying out, you know, attacks inside Iran. So that was directly related to the bombing uh, at the Soleimani Memorial. But then... Um, Separately. Previous, before that, actually. Before, the, I, I think it was before, like I said, it's hard to keep track of the exact days. But I think bef- the day before, 
basically around the same days, basically, uh-huh. this week, this past past week, they fired missiles into uh, Pakistan, into like just on the border with Pakistan and um, and Iran. Okay. Um, and then allegedly a, ter- a terrorist site. You know, there's there's a group in there called what's it called Jaishal something or other. Anyway, um, they've been around for quite a long time, but as we know, the whole history of Pakistan and you know the CIA and. Uh, Pakistani intelligence, I, I, uh, IS, ISI. ISI, and you know the Mujahideen in the seventies in Afghanistan, eighties, you know, being financed, funded, armed, trained by the Americans and probably the Israelis against the against the Soviets. You know, it's all tied up with that stuff. That that that's the genesis of the history of the the kind of Islamic terrorism it goes back yeah. to then more or less. You know. There's a whole train wreck of mm. terrorist attacks in Iran in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, mosque bombings, really like full-on sick stuff, suicide bombings, suicide in quotes. Who knows if they're more sophisticated than that. But they are attributed to, in the official, you know, Western accepted narrative, to this Jaish al... I've heard different names for it. I think it translates roughly to BLA, Balochistan Liberation Army. Mm. And if you look at this on the map, we don't have time to do all these in detail, but Balochistan is telling because it's kind of reminds me of Kurdistan. If Kurdistan were a country, it would form a chunk of Turkey and Syria and Iraq and Iran. And it's bizarre because it's been such a, a hotbed of separatism, terrorism, and outright wars mm-hmm. for the entire time that the Middle East has been divided this way, that when you look at all the borders of those countries meeting, smack in the center point of that place, you've got to wonder, was that deliberate back in the day? Anyway, Balochistan is similar. Like half of it's in Iran, half of it's in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Maybe a chunk is also in Afghanistan. It's, a per- it's going to be a perennial source, but anyway, mm-hmm. that isn't the real issue. This isn't Iran dealing with the long-term problem. This is Iran sending messages to those who would use regional separatists on either side of their borders mm-hmm. through which to attack them. Yeah, which they have been doing for quite a while. And, but it's like, yeah. I mean, the fact, that, the fact that the Iranians felt kind of confident to do that and, you know, could, you know carry it out and, and not with, with, you know, no regard, let's say, for Pakistani, quote-unquote, Pakistani sovereignty... And know that the Pakistanis are going to turn around and say, "How dare you! This is, this is an infringement of our sovereignty. We will, and we're going to respond. We're going to shoot some." I mean, they did really, respond, of course. They fired some missiles into into Iran, into the border. Like, so we're just talking about a very small, a, a small well, area. They they claim they fired back at terrorist yes. pockets on the other side of, course, of the border. Of course, they fired Iran. Yeah, and so, then if that's the case, then both agree that, that the, that's what they are tacitly. Like within a day or two, the Iranian foreign minister is in Switzerland at the Davos World Economic Forum having a conversation with this with his counterpart in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it's all sorted. The ambassadors are going back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that was only one incident of three mm-hmm. that, that seemed to be simultaneous. There's the Pakistan airstrike, you know. Uh, the one you've mentioned in Idlib, northeastern Syria, that's Pakistan obviously flexing muscles. They even made a point... Who? Oh, Pakistan, Iran, sorry. Yeah. They made a point of firing and declaring, and this has been acknowledged, I think, by the Pentagon, that the missiles they used for that strike, which is, think about it, it's the furthest point from Iran because it's like right up there under Turkey, so the northeast of, northwest 
of Syria, they were fired from southern Iran. And someone did a, an idea, like a calculated the distance, mm. and that would put these things well within a radius reach of Israel, which may have been oh, yeah. a message here. Um, that's the second one. The third one from Iran. Um, oh, well, Syria. No, dead Syria. Hang on. Oh, Iraq. They hit something in Iraq as well. American base, yeah. Um, but that wasn't them. <laughs> that was Iraqi resistance, yeah. That was Iraqi resistance the next two, two days later on the 20th. Um, ah, jeez. I've forgotten now. They did a third thing. They, maybe they did hit something else in Iraq, the Iranians proper. Anyway, that's why it's confusing. Because technically, the American base, Ain al-Assad base, this is the one that Iran, Iran for sure, its actual military hit years ago in revenge for Soleimani's assassination, mm-hmm. right? That's been hit again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but technically, that came from inside Iraq. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's not Iran's. Technically, it's Iraqi, in quotes. Mm-hmm. But it's the Iraqi PMU, which was set up by Soleimani. And it's kind of quasi-official state Iraqi, but everyone knows it's Iranian anyway. Mm-hmm. That happened, um, that's actually skipping a few things, because in between the Iranian airstrikes and that incident at the U.S. airbase in, in northern Iraq, mm-hmm. um, Israel droned, well, that's been happening before. Israel droned something in, in southern Lebanon, a car, and killed two more Hamas members. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one. That they also, well, they also hit then in Iraq. That's that's the, sorry, no, I'd say, Jesus, it's hard to keep track of it. Uh, they killed four members of the IRGC just recently, um, yesterday. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the biggest kind of counter from the, other side in this conflict, um, Damascus. That was yesterday, 20th? Mm. Yes, yesterday. Um, that was Damascus yesterday. They killed four Iranian Republican Guard. I think it's five now. Five, okay. Uh, but that was in response to, the Israeli said that was in response to uh, the Iranian attack on Idlib, which which had a Mossad base, which killed eight, eight Mossad. According to the Iranians, it killed eight Mossad members. Did the, the Israelis? You know, few of them ever give the proper reason for it. No, they say it's a terrorist. Did they give that reason? The Iranians, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, oh, the Iranians. They, the Iranians said it was a Mossad base in Idlib, yes. but the Israelis didn't say this. The Israelis don't say anything ever, ever. Right. That's the, that's usually how these things go. Um, it's just like news. So you basically had the two weeks ago the bombing at the at the. Um, Graveyard of Soleimani, the ceremony for the commemoration of the death of Soleimani, carried out by Mossad. Then, okay, there's obviously been missiles flying left, right, and centre since then. But <clears throat> the one in in near Idlib uh, this week was by Iran was in revenge for the bombing uh, at Soleimani, Soleimani's commemoration ceremony, which basically and and killed eight Mossad members. Uh, so that was in response for Mossad attacking. Uh, blown up, killing Iranians at Soleimani's ceremony. Um, and then Israeli respond by heading outside Damascus, uh, Iranian base or center or whatever, and killing, like you said, four or five. Uh, it, it, well, uh, it wasn't the base. What they no. hit in Damascus was residential houses yeah. in a diplomatic Safe area. Yeah, so exactly. 
yeah. Caldwell, base. Whatever. Okay, right. You know. a hi- yeah, a hideout. Oh, something. Base, Safe hideout. House. Places where your enemies are. Your enemy is. <laughs> well, Some kind of structure. If, if he's hiding in a diplomatic building... Really, they don't care. Uh, Israelis really don't, don't give, give much credence to diplomacy, as you may have may have noticed. Um, the whole world may have noticed. Iran now has vowed revenge for yeah those five IRS, uh, right. IRSG people, and then they do something, and then the Israelis will vow revenge. Oh, the Israelis yeah, generally don't vow revenge because, like the Israelis are like the Americans. Um, I don't know how you want to characterize it, but to me, it's ca- kind of cowardly, you know. Um, were the Israelis and the Americans will attack their enemies, whoever they are, you know, a group of, of people that they want to take out, um, and then we'll gloat about it and tell everybody about it. We took out these people that say exactly, exactly who they are. When that country responds and, you know, kills either Israelis or, or, or Americans, there's like zip, don't say a word. You know, yeah. the Americans, Israelis don't say a word because they don't, well, they're too chicken shit to admit. Like the Iranians, you know, don't shy away from recognizing that their people were killed by the Israelis and they'll say the Israelis did this, they killed our people, they we're going to take them. Five of our guys, here are photos of them, yeah. they're all martyred and we vow revenge for it. Yeah. And then whenever they take revenge, the Israelis and the Americans and the Western media say nothing. They'll report on it, whatever, but. Unless Israelis officially yeah. admit it, or the Americans officially admit it, like this, it's a shit deal. If you die for Israeli Mossad, like you don't get your you name just in the papers, co- you're put in a shallow grave, and yeah, no one remembers you. You're nobody, yeah. Uh, but that's because, well, because we're not meant to be. Because we're so powerful, Israelis and the Americans are so powerful. Nobody can ever attack and kill us, right? They can't shoot our ships down. They can't shoot our sink our planes. They can't. The kill attack our on the airbase has injured American troops again. I know, and it's concussion again. No, it's only and concussion. it's a number of people. It's only concussion. It's only traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury. Because the Iranians keep or the Iraqi militia keep firing at that uh, airbase or that American base in in, in, in Iraq, and um, <clears throat> like you said, it's the same base that the Iranians fired at after they after Trump. Uh, killed Soleimani this this week four years ago yeah so um, yeah there's a bit of there's like echoing com- yeah, yeah there's a commemorative there's a, a timing thing going on there but um, so they fired at the same base they, that they fired at four years ago and on both occasions they at least admitted that missiles hit most of them were shot down same as Ukraine you know Ukraine shoots yeah, down yeah, like yeah. like 30 out of 20 missiles you know Um but they shoot most of them down. Some cause some damage, and some personnel were being assessed for traumatic brain injury. Now, it's a special kind of Iraqi militia uh, missile, ballistic missile, that only causes traumatic brain injuries. Um, what, it, it, the sound of it hurts their ears? Yeah, scared, scared. We have some scared troops that we're taking to hospital. We're flying a bunch of scared American troops out of out of Iraq and, and to Ramstein Air Base in, in Germany in order to assess them for the level of scaredness that they are suffering from as a result of <laughs> um, <laughs> ballistic missiles hitting their base. But everything else is fine other than that, so it's fine. So. On a scale of frightened to shat his pants? Yes, yes. We'll report on that later. We'll let, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, there'll be an update on that later. Isn't it likely some of them were Lloyd Austin? <coughs> Who? American troops. In that Lloyd Austin. Well, like, this isn't the one-off. It, 
Jesus. If you, if you actually Sorry. bother to read the AP reports on this, down at the end, they do the summary wrap on the situation and they say, this is about the hundredth time that Iraqi forces... 58 or something like that, yeah. ...have fired at American yeah. forces in Syria and Iraq just since October 7th. Mm. And it's always just, yeah, concussion. Missed. Missed, we shot it down. Missed, shot it down, missed, shot it down. Sore head. Missed, shot it down, sore head. They did once admit two deaths, I think, in the last few months. Mm. I haven't seen, uh, certainly, if they did, I haven't seen anything of note. Like, I mean, it hasn't stuck out, like, basically. You know I mean? There's Mm. nobody, if it was reported properly, if there were people who have been killed, it was reported properly. But, like, so we know. Like, we were talking last week about Lloyd Austin. (laughs) It's... uh, you know, if they, they've gone to, and we've talked about other other events uh, related to Ukraine, you know, where, where U.S. personnel, high-level, you know, important important people in the U.S. military and even in the government who have been killed because they were loitered, loitered too long uh, under loitering munition, maybe, or just loitered too long in Ukraine and ended up getting taken out by a Russian missile. And then they end up, you know, Dying peacefully in their sleep back at home, or falling or out of airplane, falling or out of airplanes, <laughs> or crashing in airplane, crashing in a helicopter in Mexico, yeah, that kind of thing, or <clears throat> falling off a mountain while hiking alone. Yeah, the French guy, French general. So, yeah, you're not gonna when, when you see them going to that length to cover up this kind of stuff. That, that's that's right VIPs, down the chain. They're not gonna. They're not gonna report. Uh, GIs. They're not gonna report anybody yeah. either. You know what I mean? And they're, they're just it's just a policy of it didn't happen. You know, and um, and the media don't, they, then follow suit, right? Amazing. Well, this is, this is the thing. How long? Like, to what scale they keep this up? You know, yeah, dozens. I think Hundreds. that's why they. Yeah, I think that's why they say they they don't want. Um, they keep on saying we don't want. To, we're not at war with the Houthis, and we don't want. Uh, we don't want uh, a wider wider conflict in the in the Middle East, because they realize if that the, the situation has changed to to the extent that. Um, in terms of the, the ability for groups within the Middle East, Middle East who are not, you know, who are anti-American, which is a terrible thing to be, by the way, being anti-American, but th- these groups are not uh, friendly with America, and America realized that if it was to actually start some kind of a significant war that where they provoke those groups to actually go fully to war with them, America would lose so many, you know, different parts of its military apparatus, including personnel, that they wouldn't be able to cover it up. And that's, I would put it past them. Like, America is deathly afraid of ever being seen to have, to, to be defeated or to be, you know, um, to lose, basically, in a conflict, to have their ass handed to them in the conflict. It's almost like, <laughs> I think they kind of feel that the entire American edifice and, you know, the, the American century, the American uh, empire would collapse Overnight, if the world all of a sudden, you know, got to see that America, or, or just interpreted it that way, that America got its ass handed to it, everything would collapse. The American economy would crash. Wall Street would fucking go in the toilet. You know what I mean? Just, just because of that, just because of sentiment. Because we, I mean, we know mm-hmm. markets work on sentiment, right? Uh, if the market isn't feeling very well today, if it has a bit of a cold or something, then all your stocks go down. So the market, market isn't feeling good. The market would feel super bad if there was a report of like you know, an aircraft carrier got sunk or some something significant, you know, or Americans in some way or other got their ass handed to them, the American stock market would have a really bad day, do you know? Hmm. Um, just because it would feel really bad about that. You like, know? like Boeing stock last week. Yeah. 35, so, 35 billion wiped off value of, stilling, of yeah. Boeing. 
So, like, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit there, but I think there's there's enough evidence if you look at the way America has operated right up until today, you know, over the past several decades, that it's very, very sensitive about about propaganda, about the information it's, war it and seems its perception. Fear, it seems to fear it more than death. Yeah, the literally. Per, yeah, the perception it's, it's of America. troops can die, but the perception that troops died is it, more terrifying. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. That's just, that's what's happening in Ukraine, right? I mean, there's like six hundred, seven hundred thousand uh, Ukrainian soldiers have all been have been killed. But as long as no one admits that, then the war can carry on. If you ever admitted that, it would no longer be possible to to wage that war. Right? It's bizarre. It's like how about reality creators, you know? Um, but yeah, perception seems to play a bigger and bigger and bigger part in global affairs in general these days, you know? It's all about perception. And I think they know that, you know? They don't admit it, obviously. No one would be stupid enough or crazy enough to think that, well, you know, belief plays a massive part in, in, in the way the world works, basically. And if some people, if, if, if a large percent of the population of the global, of the global, of the people on the planet, if a large percentage of them suddenly stopped you know, change their belief in a fairly fundamental way, a way, I don't know on, on what particular topic, but on anything, if, if they want to keep them, if people in positions of power want to keep people <coughs> believing certain things or looking in a certain direction uh, and believing certain things, um, then, yeah, I suppose you could assume that if they stop believing those things, that it will, will have some very tangible, direct knock-on real-world effects. I don't know if they believe that, but they're acting as if that's what they believe. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. announced last week that because of previous strikes on U.S. troops in Syria and Iraq, that they were sending 1,500 more troops hmm. to bases like Ayn al-Assad base in northern Iraq. Well, the government in Baghdad said, no, you're not, last week. And so what do you do then? Go ahead and do it anyway. Go ahead and do it anyway, or just not issue a follow-up and leave it a be in the press it's official the US has sent them but they're not there maybe right. but those numbers are obviously bogus as well you know the actual number of troops in Iraq is probably a very closely guarded secret and it's probably right. a lot more than anybody knows the same in Syria um, yeah perception war does this count Yemen's parliament has decided to officially prescribe Israel the US and the UK as foreign terrorist entities <laughs> yeah well, you saw the, uh, you see the, where is that? Uh, you see that uh, earlier in the week, the the, the U.S. made um, made, the, made the Houthis an offer that if they uh, if they would stop shooting missiles at Israel-bound ships in the in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden, that they would consider. Um, removing the Houthis uh-huh. from their terrorist list. Right. Uh, Which they'd only just put them on. Yeah. And the Houthis were supposed to go, oh, that's a, that's a good offer. Yeah. Good offer. Hang on. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like completely abandon your principles and we'll consider changing the word we used to describe you. Oh, uh, let me think about that for a minute. Can, can I get back to you on it? And then Blinken also said that uh, the Houthis would not be able to get visas to enter America. Take that. I'll teach you. You know those holidays you guys are planning? You know when you kind of take a break from shooting the missiles and you're all planning to come to Miami? 
not happening anymore. Yeah. How do you feel now? Yeah. They're going to shoot those themselves now, are you? Hmm? Mm. No, Miami. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's demented. This is the same Houthis the Americans facilitated blockading. Do, what the Houthis are, would wish to see happen to Israel now, no ships in or out, has been, what ha, is what happened to them, mm-hmm. resulting in the UN estimates 300,000 deaths in Yemen from mm-hmm. starvation and malnutrition more generally and lack of medicine. Yeah. American sanctions. So, American sanctions good, everybody else's sanctions bad. Okay. Just remember that, Neil. Um, Speaking about sanctions, do you know that Europe bought Russian oil via India at record rates last year? I did, yeah. As in record, as in all-time record, more than they've ever bought. So during, so the 2023, right, that's the second year when everybody was really, really annoyed at Russia and sanctions were really hitting hard and biting deep. Uh, and Europe had cut itself off completely from Russian oil and gas, right? Eh, not quite. They were buying lots of Rosindia gas, or sorry, in yeah, Rosindia, Rosindian gas. It's not Russian gas; it's Rosindian gas. Anyway, yeah. So Europe bought. Do you mean it's more than they have ever bought? So, do you mean it's more than they've ever bought from India or from Russia? From Russia. Crazy. So the total. Of course, because they cut themselves off. They have cut off a lot of the oil. The, or sorry, the gas, the direct gas, obviously because <coughs> America, the CIA blew up uh, uh, Nord Stream, the Nord Stream pipeline, so mm-hmm. they couldn't get that gas anymore. So they obviously did take a serious hit in, in, in the import of Russian gas. So they have to, uh, I mean, they can't directly supply oil for gas, but they have to increase their oil in order to make up for some of that shortfall, you know, from Russian gas. So they had to buy, yeah, <laughs> they had to buy oil from everywhere. But of course, it's like the whole thing's a joke. Yeah. And it, obviously, it, it's obviously a joke. The whole sanctions thing is utter nonsense. And it's proven by the fact that it's had no effect whatsoever on the Russian economy. No no significant effect. And in fact, the Russian economy is... is like Not just effects. on the Russian economy, but on, on the demand side. Yeah. They couldn't even affect the demand side. No, of course not. What are you going to do? That's like net zero. What are we going to cut everybody off from oil and gas tomorrow or something or in 10 years? We're just going to destroy Western civilization? I mean, it's all nonsense. These people it's, are it's, talking it's utter so nonsense all the time. It's economics 101. If you, if you bump up the perception of scarcity, it increases. The mm. purchasing, the price, everything increases. It's scarcity that drives, especially energy markets. So did they forget that? Mm. That's 101 for, for oil and gas. You give the increase the feeling, you know, of instability and scarcity, and you will pe- have people buy more of it. They're not going to go, oh, okay, that's it, no more. Yeah, talk about and, and talking on that topic. Check this out. Uh, this is in the Telegraph a couple of days ago. Um, French rubbing their hands <laughs> as French are rubbing their dirty little hands as Britain forced to import 1.5 billion of electricity. Britain imported a record amount of electricity from Europe last year as solar and wind farms struggled to generate sufficient energy in the wake of coal and nuclear power plant closures. So people need to brace themselves for this. At least people have been paying attention, brace themselves for the fact that all the things that they've been saying, people have been saying, and most people have any sense know uh, in terms of the Western government's talk of net zero and you know, moving totally to renewables and green energy and stuff. From the get-go, when they started saying that, everybody, anybody with any sense sent, said, that's bullshit, that's not going to work, you're, you're not going to get enough 
energy from wind and solar, particularly in northern European countries, but in European countries in general, because you simply don't have enough sun and don't have enough wind, it's not, it's not reliable enough. That's bullshit, so you can't do that. Uh, so you better brace yourself for not only stuff like this coming out where it proves that what you thought was obvious, what, well, what you knew to be true is obviously true, and then the media admitted, despite the fact that the media before now would have been saying Britain on course to be 100% renewable. Yeah, yeah, by 2030. Blah, 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 and we're all going to do it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just throw this out and say, yeah, uh, that's not working. And people are like, of course it wasn't going to work. How did you not know it wasn't going to work? It's stupid. It was a stupid idea. Of course it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Not only that, but people better prepare themselves as well for not just the, the Brits having to buy record amounts of electricity from France, but the Brits and other countries not being able to buy electricity from anybody and there being rolling blackouts in the UK and other European countries as your government pushes regardless towards this ridiculous green energy uh, green energy net zero but but are they dystopian horseshit <clears throat> like this says that they're not they're not well doing that you know the, uh, or that or the previous story you mentioned that Russia the, the EU in reality has bought more Russian oil than ever before was it oil or gas you switch between oil. the two oil yeah okay no the to make, make up probably for the gas yeah. shortfall because of Nord Stream. Yeah. But, so that's the reality. So the reality is they're buying and consuming more than ever before. Mm-hmm. Now, the rhetoric is going in that direction. We're going towards net zero and green, but the reality is going in that direction. So are we actually approaching a point where there will be blackouts caused by their ideas? Yeah. They're going to carry on anyway. They know that, they know, obviously, the Brits know that they had to buy a record amount of French electricity last year because they didn't get enough from uh, oil or from sorry so, solar and uh, but as long as they solar, can keep doing that well then but they're, they're going to keep shutting down uh, traditional sources of energy and keep replacing them with more solar and wind farms and then they're going to keep having to buy more and eventually it's going to come to a point where there's not enough to go around <laughs> I mean right. the Germans and all of them they're all building more and more wind farms they're fun, funneling pushing tax, massive amounts of taxpayer money into building these renewables Despite the fact that, as every year goes by, they have more and more evidence that it's not going to work. And they say, you know what? Let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. And then you get into conspiracy theory land where people start going, are they trying to, like, yeah. destroy industry, Western industry? Are they trying to, like, actually create a situation where there are rolling blackouts and there are food shortages, et cetera, et cetera? Is that what they're trying to do? Because it certainly looks like it. Because if you, you, know, if you embark on a plan, you realize it's not working. And you say, you know what? I'm going to continue this plan that clearly isn't working. And, and clearly wasn't going to work from the beginning, but I'm going to carry on with it anyway. We we'll go. Well, why would why would you do that? Do you want the negative outcome of power outages and you know food shortages and you know kind of chaos in general? Is that what you're looking for? Chaos? Because that, that's that's the way to do it. That's yeah. a conspiracy theory. I saw a video recently that said. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the Dublin Dublin buses are like all electric now. It's mm. awesome. Dublin's gone green. But it's a video by someone who's either a driver or something working in the depot. Mm. And he shows the buses early in the morning. They're all hooked up to chargers. And the chargers are diesel generators. Yeah. So, yeah, green. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's good. Do you think, <clears throat> um, yeah. 
so yeah, maybe maybe this week in the Middle East was just a particularly fiery one, or um, tit for tat. It obviously depends on Gaza. Next topic. Um, day one hundred and seven was yesterday. So the, today's day one hundred and eight of the genocide in Gaza. Let's check in on how things are going. Um, <coughs> it's genocide, is it still? It is, I'm afraid. I mean, they supposedly are doing less of what they were doing, but the videos are, the reports speak otherwise. Yes, Red Fox, gov- government loves us. Keep saying that. And say, say that spelt that way as well. These are government. Air, these are airstrikes from the, either this morning or yesterday. I'm not sure if it's how recent, but it's the last couple of days. You hear gunfire, but they're... So, they're being reported as airstrikes as opposed to <coughs> the demolitions. You know, people have seen videos of whole um, whole districts being blown up by rigged explosives. That's different. These uh, these are dropped in the air. Um, it's crazy. I mean, the TikTok nonsense is still going on. I don't even want to show that. Like, it's just, I don't know. It obviously speaks to the, the psychology of Israelis that they can do that in the middle of all this stuff. Um, you mentioned a couple of months ago that this will probably head towards mass disease and thereby Israel will get what it's seeking for, which is Palestinians gone. Mm-hmm. Here's a report from Al Jazeera English on, I don't you. on diseases spreading. Mm-hmm. Hepatitis A. Okay, here's another one from Al Jazeera. Um, this is on uh, mass executions. Um, this is one incident from last week. From December, actually. Yeah, only thing that's the fuck, no? 
ما خلوا لحد يعني عملوا ساحة دم قسما بعزة الله يوم ما بنتسى ولا حينتسى بعد ما عزبوه قدامنا وكسروا اللي فكه وخبطوه على وجهه وعلى ايديه في اللي كلاشن خبط 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 على ايديه التنتين كلهم كان نزيف دم وشلحوهم عزبوا الشباب كذلك وبخدلوهم اعدموهم كل هذا واحنا قاعدين نتفرج عليهم ونستنى دورنا انه يجوا احنا التانيين نستنى عدماتنا من كتر التعذيب كان مغمى علي فالشخص هذا وقع علي وفكروا بعد ما خبطوا انه تاكد انه مات ومش مات وكلهم تاكد انه انا ميت This is kind of like <clears throat> back in the 1970s <clears throat> when the kind of like evidence for the Mai Lai massacre and stuff of US troops, you know, massacring people in Vietnam and those big outcry and stuff. Um, um, this is kind of the same stuff, basically. You know what I mean? The Israelis are doing the same kind of thing um, that has gone down in, in, in history, in modern history, as, you know, as held up as, uh, you know, worst war crimes, etc., etc. And Israel is just doing it in front of everybody's face and nobody, nobody seems to do it. I mean, it's, they're fully supported by the West, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I think there's an extra dimension to it, though. Um, okay, so we saw two Al Jazeera reports. So Blinken will go to Qatar and say, can you tell them to shut up or tone it down because, you know, we've got a war going on here. But Israel is so egregious in some respects, maybe unique tell me if I'm wrong, that even CNN is having a problem with it. So this is the one, this is a report, we can watch a bit of it, this is a report about the desecration of cemeteries. Do you remember that ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, desecration of cemeteries? Well, it's happened, but... Systematically like this, though. Have a listen. Today, the Israeli military acknowledged that they rolled into a cemetery, took bodies out of graves as part of what they say is a search for Israeli hostages remains. But as the Israeli military put out that statement, we were completing our investigation into the Israeli military's desecration of cemeteries. And what we found is 16 cemeteries across Gaza damaged or destroyed. I do want to warn our viewers that they may find some of these images disturbing. In Gaza, even the dead cannot escape the indignities of war. More than a dozen cemeteries like this one in Jabalia, desecrated by the Israeli military. Gravestones destroyed, soil upturned, tread marks leaving little left for the living to honor their dead. This is that same graveyard before the war. One month later, a series of tread marks can be seen on the northwestern edge. It is no exception. A CNN analysis of videos and satellite imagery found that 16 cemeteries have been damaged or destroyed by the Israeli military since it launched its ground offensive. As Israeli forces push deeper into Gaza, they crushed the graves of thousands of Palestinians between November and January. Janina Dill, co-director of Oxford University's Institute for Ethics, Law and Armed Conflict, says destroying graveyards violates international law, except under very limited circumstances. 
Cemeteries are not military objectives. They are, in fact, what international law would consider a, an object that is normally dedicated to civilian purposes, like places of worship generally. So this is protected from intentional attack. It can only be intentionally attacked or destroyed if it becomes a military objective. In some cases, like this cemetery in the Shuja'iya refugee camp, Israeli bulldozers turn cemeteries into military outposts, parking armored vehicles behind freshly raised berms. The damage is often deliberate and progressive. Over two weeks in December, the military bulldozed more and more of this cemetery east of Khan Yunus, building defensive fortifications. CNN witnessed firsthand the results of Israel's bulldozing of graveyards while embedded with Israeli forces last week. The armored personnel carrier CNN was traveling in drove right through this cemetery in Al Burej on a freshly bulldozed dirt road. And then there's this. Tombs opened at a cemetery in Khan Yunis this week. Bodies removed from their graves. In a statement, the Israeli military acknowledged exhuming bodies from the cemetery as part of its search for the bodies of Israeli hostages. But An IDF spokesman how does that make could sense? not account for the damage to the 16 cemeteries identified by CNN, but said that in some cases there is no other choice, providing this photo of what it says is a Hamas rocket launcher at a cemetery in Gaza. CNN in did not independently verify where it was taken. The spokesman could not account for the military posts over graveyards, but said we have a serious obligation to the respect of the dead, and there is no policy to create military posts out of graveyards. In at least one case, the Israeli military appears to have taken pains to maneuver around a graveyard. The Deir el-Balah War Cemetery, which holds the remains of many Christian and Jewish soldiers from World War I, left huh. intact, despite devastation hmm. all around. Interesting. At the Al-Tufa Cemetery, a very different picture. Residents say bodies were uprooted by Israeli bulldozers. We are currently retrieving the corpses of the martyrs that are present in the cemetery. The occupation forces have run over most of them with their bulldozers, and we've only identified a small number of corpses and martyrs. As for the rest, their identities remain unknown. South Africa cited Israel's destruction of cemeteries as part of its case, arguing Israel is... The thing about it is that that's... Um, is that at they all? Are, they, are a mil they are a military objective. The, the, the military target. Mm. Graveyards in, in, in Gaza. They are a military objective? Yeah. A cemetery? Hmm. How so? Well, what, what's, what's Israel's military objective in Gaza? Oh, right. Well, is there, okay. But no, well, that's, 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 that's the, the everything. The stated military objective no, is but to get Hamas. I don't care what tunnels. their stated military objective is. I mean, everybody should know at this point what the military objective of what Israel is doing in, in, in Gaza. It's got nothing to do with Hamas. It's got nothing to do with tunnels. It's got nothing to do with hostages. But if, Everybody if it, should know that. Yes, so, but if it's genocide, then Israel's guilty, according to the ICJ and the, the Court of Public Opinion. But it doesn't say that. You saw the Israeli IDF spokesman saying, we're, we're not doing what you've just showed all your viewers. I know, but they can doing. say what they want. I don't, I don't pay any attention to what they say. I just look at what's happening and I draw my conclusions you know I'm not, I'm not giving any credence to anything any politician says basically at any point from here on I haven't done for many years and I certainly won't be starting starting now I mean I look at what's actually happening and, I, and it's been clear to me that from the very beginning they don't want cemeteries because then people will go to them so they don't have 
They, they don't want anything left in Gaza. Yeah. They want to create a situation where nothing in Gaza, uh, that there's no remains of anything Palestinian in Gaza. Why? Because they, the whole point of this, as everybody should know, from the whole point of since October 7th, and October 7th was basically a false flag operation, um, as there's evidence to support that already, um, was to um, create or to put into action Israel's final solution for their Palestinian problem. And that obviously means getting rid of the Palestinian people from Gaza, which means getting rid of Gaza. And the cemeteries. Well, everything. Everything. And taking the bodies. Well, in the process, the details of that. Taking the bodies from, the reason they gave for taking the bodies was that respect some of the hostages. Maybe in that case, that was in one case, they dug up some because they had some intelligence that that there may have been actual, they're, they're weird people, like, but they're, I, mean, you can, I suppose you can understand that if you're that way inclined. Uh, they may have had some intel that some of the hostages were had actually died and were buried in the cemetery. They might have got intelligence there. There's no other reason for them to actually go in and bother actually opening individual graves. Uh, that's just one incident out of 16. So the, the, but the, obviously if you speak to the, in terms of speaking to the, the, the construction of cemeteries in Gaza, it's to erase any memory or any reason any, any memory of Palestine or Palestinians in Gaza or, and thereby erase any reason for Palestinians to want to go back there. And at that point, you know, so you basically, from the top down, you just basically destroy Gaza. You destroy every, everything that could have, <clears throat> would, would keep Palestinians, or allow, mean Palestinians have any desire to, to, to be there. Of course, they still want to be there, but you're removing a lot of the enduring reasons, I, all of the buildings making it, you know, un- uninhabitable, basically, for people, and then removing the memory of Palestinians by digging up graves and destroying graveyards. So all of the infrastructure that, that defines Gaza as a Palestinian territory, you, you destroy all of that, and then you put enough pressure on the on the people of Gaza, as we've just saw, seen through uh, you know, denying them adequate living conditions and, sp- and allowing disease to spread to the point where you force a situation where they all leave. So you've destroyed everything that would uh, give them any reason to, or strong reasons to want to stay there, and then you make it very, very difficult for them personally to want to stay there because they're suffering and dying from diseases and hunger. And then they leave. Is there any sign that they're going to leave yet? Well, they'll have to suffer some more. Uh, but Israel has to finish its, finish its, its job, you know, finish the implementation of its final solution. It's going to get away with it. It's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And Europe and France and Germany signaled this week that even if the LSJ finds them guilty of genocide, yeah, yeah, they they'll will, applaud. They will. The new French foreign minister said that it's crossing a, a moral red line or something mm. Did, to ever accuse the Jews of genocide. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Accusing the Jews of genocide gets five anti Semitisms out of five. Yeah, that's five anti-Semitisms, not four. Five anti-Semitisms out of a possible maximum number of anti-Semitisms of five. It's it's, it's the most you can get. Um, the but you see the way that I mean they lie all the time and they it's sickening their narrative, right? But you just ignore it as as ignorant. You know they're just trying to cover their asses. Yeah, we're only bulldozing those graves because blah blah blah. Make up some reason, and it's obvious why you're bulldozing the blade, graves. So I don't care what they say. I mean, yeah, you'll come up with some bullshit reason, but 
it's a bullshit reason, so why would I listen to it anyway? Yeah. Like, this is an example of, uh, you have it once, Gary? It's the last one I sent you. Or did I send you? Yeah. Uh, just click on the picture. You click on that picture. Uh, Israel refused to allow fruits with stone pips into Gaza, according to um, an aid agency. Action Aid said border guards were turning shipments of fresh fruit away because the stones inside could be used as bullets. Or, or used to plant trees. Yeah, but particularly bullets, you know what I mean? Because it's well known that people would use, like, they could use a... What, with a sling? No, I'll put in a gun. Have you ever done that? Works really well. You put a... You put, like, um... An apricot stone in a yeah, gun. Yeah, an apricot stone. Or you get a lot of um, grape, grapes, you know, and a lot of grape seeds. Grape shot. And then put the, yeah, and put that in your blunderbuss. Uh, so it's, you know, as you, I mean, you've probably seen the Hamas and other Palestinian militants in Gaza using those kind of weapons already, you know. Uh, apricot seed shooter, apricot stone shooters and stuff. So obviously, there's an example of what I'm talking about, right? Um, the point here is to starve the population. Yeah. And then you have to think, get creative and think of a reason why um, you're not... Give it a military objective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so everything can be turned into a military objective if you wanted to, you know. Oh, man. That's They're psychos. To, is this to, more to insane than Ukraine? I think it is. Yeah. It is. Definitely. The Ukrainians birth the truth quite often than... Mm-hmm. They're amateurs compared to this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anesthetic has also been rejected. Yeah, because you can put that in guns Which as well. Which is why amputations are now taking place on children without anesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, fun times. Did you see the uh, plane just today, actually? Was it last night, maybe? A Dassault Falcon 10 um, private jet flying from India to Moscow. And it was Russian. I mean, it was a Russian chartered or Russian. It was a Russian plane. It wasn't Indians, supposedly. Well, I suppose it could have been Indians, but the suggestion is that it was uh, Russians on board. Just went, uh, just went bye-bye. Just disappeared. Revenge for Austin, maybe. Um... Stopped communicating and disappeared from radar screens on Saturday evening last night when it was Afghan air, when, when it was in Afghan airspace near the border with Tajikistan. Search for the aircraft is ongoing. Update: Crash plane believed to be Russian. That's one below. Indian government officials denied the plane that crashed in the mountains was Indian. The crash occurred when the plane was en route to Moscow and is believed to be Russian registered. Possibly then Russian military mm. diplomatic. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought revenge for Austin. Because mm-hmm. when you start hitting each other's, you know, government ministers. Uh, yeah, you've got to be careful though. Because, you know, <laughs> two can play that game, you know. Satellite activated, plane disappeared. Yeah. Um, I mean, EMP weapon, who knows. Speak, or, speaking of Austin, there's, that's the latest. There's no mm-mm. update on that, okay? They haven't found the crash site or anything. No. Speaking of Austin, I... There's still no sign of life well, hang on. from the man, but yeah, go on there. Yeah. No, so, I don't know if it's true or not. Six, six important agents of the Indian agency RAW were present in the plane. Who knows? We'll find out, or we won't find out. Well, it's Moscow connected, so yeah, definitely relates to Russia. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no sign of life from Austin, except for this 
ambulance call they put out. Um, Lloyd Austin Aid made subtle ambulance plea in new audio. You uh, said what? Go ahead and play it. I think, hopefully, it plays. I'm sure. I, can I can I ask? But can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off. Uh, but they're required by law to run with them with the main street. Curious if we need them to take him to Walter Reed Medical. Is that a possibility? Um, let them know that when they get there. Like I said, I'm noting all this in the call, um, but just let okay. them know that when they get there. And how old is he? Go ahead. Uh, approximately um, 69. Okay. Um, is he reporting any chest pain at all? No. Okay. Did he pass out? No. Does he feel like he's going to pass out? Uh, no. Okay. No, and he's missing like, a leg, but... He's awake, he's alert and oriented, he's not confused or anything like that, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, yeah. maybe that's legit, maybe that's made off of the fact, possibly is the call, if it's January 1st, that would fit, I think, with him being caught up in the yeah. airstrikes. Well, the thing is, he would have been but flown back on a military plane out of Ukraine to some military airbase in the US, and then from there they want to transfer him, transfer him to a, a, an actual hospital. That's making, to Walter Reed, yeah, where we heard him say, but that makes it sound like it was in a residential area, i.e. in his home. But that that's mm-hmm. unlikely. He would have been, yeah, military plane straight to mm-hmm. whatever. Um, there's interesting another interesting follow up on that. Uh, CNN reports that um, Congress wants to speak with Austin. He's been asked, he's been asked to testify before the House Committee on something something. Um, CNN. Lloyd Austin asked to testify before lawmakers about his failure to notify leaders of his hospitalization. Um, scroll down there. Uh, the House Armed Services Committee has asked Lloyd to testify before the panel to explain his failure to notify key government leaders, including the president. Um, Rep. Mike Rogers chair of the, the of the panel sent a letter to Austin on Thursday requesting he testify in person during a full committee hearing on February 14th. <laughs> okay, well, February 14th, which is 21st day, so he's got three weeks yet to uh, to show up. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, yeah. In the meantime, well, while we're waiting um, <clears throat> for the United States Secretary of Defense to... Um, let us know with signs of life. I've got another candidate here for someone being Ukrained. Um, U.S. Major General Eric Smith. <clears throat> if you click on the... These are two articles. They use the same photo, but they're several months apart. The first one on the left is from late October, October 30th. Marine Commandant, so he's second or number one or number two of the U.S. Marines. General Eric Smith hospitalized after a heart attack. Okay, that happens, especially if he's, if he's vaxxed up the wazoo. Um, if you look at the next one, though, this is an update from last week, two weeks ago, January 9th. Marine Commandant has open-heart surgery following earlier cardiac arrest in October. Plans to return to duty. Maybe. 
but like a heart attack in October and then surgery only planned sometime now. Mm. Um, Smoke and mirrors, man. Uh, Ukraine, yeah. Um, horror story out of Ukraine this morning. Again, this is not, this is about the 50th time this has happened, but hey, Ukrainians bombed a, a marketplace in Donetsk City. Um, I've got some footage here. It, it was reported as like several killed, but um, Patrick Lancaster, you may know the American reporter slash activist who's kind of embedded with the Donbass militias a few years. He went there and he says he's counted at least 22 bodies. Go ahead and play that. I think this is just after the strikes. I think that's all there is. Well, yeah, there's a lot of footage of um, mostly old ladies like selling onions, some food. It's definitely like a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's been going on a long time, though. I mean, we'd hope it would slow up now. That the Russians have have taken some places around Donetsk, but they can still fire, of course. You know, standoff at a distance. Um. Things going boom in Russia. Um, in reverse order, this one from last night. This is a gas terminal, like a significant infrastructural site near Saint, somewhere in, in Saint Petersburg region. Um, this one's unique, I suppose, of all these incidents because in this case, people recorded footage of drones buzzing overhead and I think it's acknowledged by the Russian government. Go ahead and play that. Um, that this was a Ukrainian drones that hit the gas terminal. Um, there was another oil refinery that was hit somewhere else. I forget where. I think that was also acknowledged as a, as a Ukrainian drone strike. Um, okay. Also from last week, uh, there was a huge fire at a warehouse, also in the St. Petersburg region. In this case, though, it's more like it's going down as an accident. No one's suggesting it's Ukrainians behind it. Um, but then from just three days ago, um, this has gone down as an accident as well, but it, I'm, I'm not buying it because there's a guy on site filming this. Oh no, he's not. It's CCTV footage. Have a watch. You probably saw this one. This is a major um, plant manufacturer of polyester and textiles, apparently, officially. And we see it go kaboom. <clears throat> is that allegedly a drone? No, that was allegedly a short circuit. Really? Yeah. Um, and more besides, we've got drones hitting residential areas in Voronezh. In that case, 
you can hear the drone. I don't have the video, but you can hear the drone and you see the kaboom. Um, then there was another accident for which there's footage, you know, after the fact, occurring at a major power plant all the way over in Russia's far east in Magadan. Um, so a lot of things went kaboom in Russia this week. Um, you may notice that uh, the French ambassador was called into the Russian foreign ministry to explain why hundreds of French mercenaries were gathered in Kharkov. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's no footage. There's no, there's no footage of that. But there's, there's, there, there are photos of the aftermath of the strike. They, they claim that they killed about sixty mm-hmm. French mercs at some gathering point in Kharkiv. Sixty is a lot. Like, if the sixty dead. There's hundreds gathering. That's just from one country. It's just another hint of the scale of what's happening here. And then people have wondered, you know, is that because, are there a large concentration of French because that's where Ukraine is having to get troops from now? From the West, you know? Maybe. They're running out of Ukrainians to do it. Um, yeah we said it a thousand times well Joe certainly has um, the, reason, the real reason for this war sometimes you do get a westerner who just articulates it for you and so you don't need to repeat it this week Joe because here's former NATO Secretary General Lord Robertson making it nice and clear in a headline for the Telegraph if Ukraine loses our enemies will decide the world order Is that it? That's it. I mean, that's the gist of his point. How will they decide the world order? Why will that happen if Ukraine loses? Um, because... Because tough? Because Russia? Because it'll be a new world where... If Ukraine loses? Yeah. How does that happen? Because it means Russia won't have submitted to our hegemony, which is no longer effective in deciding... Well, well, how's that? Um, how's that going to translate? What's going to happen as a result of that? Well, it, practically, practically, he says he's, he says the decision making, especially financial, um, will be taking place between Russia, China, and Iran. Is that not happening already? Oh, probably. But I'm just wondering how how Ukraine losing suddenly makes everything just fall apart in terms of the Western-dominated world order. I don't know. Does he not explain himself in that article, no? Uh, no. He just said just because Russia. Because, Because losing is bad. Here's a direct quote. If they, Ukraine, lose, we lose. Dot, dot, dot. Because otherwise, the world order will be written by the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians and the North Koreans. And that will make a very, very uncomfortable world for my grandkids. Mm, so he doesn't explain himself then. Still doesn't explain himself. I haven't heard any of these people explain themselves. Uh, short of, you know, more so, more than saying, uh, if, if, if we lose, if Russia wins in Ukraine, if Ukraine loses in Ukraine, um, then it's really, really bad for us. Why? 
Well, the only bullshit I've heard, the only, I mean, only main explanation I've heard is the bullshit one of, well, then it'll be, what's next? Poland, the Baltics, France, and before you know it, there's Russian troops in Washington, D.C. Not only in Washington, D.C., but they're in frickin' Malibu. Lying on, on your, on your, with their guns on, on your lounger. On your loungers in Malibu. So I go, yeah, that's bullshit. Can I have a, a proper explanation? No, you can't have a proper explanation. Why not? Because it's secret. <laughs> or something. So I'm still waiting. Waiting a long time. They've been saying it for like probably two years now. We have to win in Ukraine or else it's all over for the West. Explain. How that happened? How does that actually happen? How? Give me the give me the step by step process of okay. Let's say tomorrow, Ukraine says we lost. Russia won. America doesn't admit it. The West don't admit it. But they have to tacitly accept it. Then, when that statement is made, then we we then like go to our front doors and listen and hear a distant rumble. Ah, there you go. The Russians are coming. No, that's the whole Western ed- edifice. <laughs> it just started crumbling because Ukraine said they lost. Yeah. Still, I still haven't had an explanation. I still haven't had an explanation of how that happens, how it's all over for the West if if Ukraine loses. What the actual mechanism is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Russia has practically, you know, defeated the Ukrainian military, Western NATO-backed Ukrainian military already a couple of times over. It is pretty much over, but the West is still just off, you know, like doing their thing in the Middle East, you know, US is doing its thing with Israel in the Middle East, you know, they're shooting missiles at each other, they're saber-rattling over China, all that kind of stuff, but it's like, Ukraine would just be like, oh, Ukraine's done, let's forget about it, carry on. But no, if Ukraine loses, the day that Zelensky says, look, guys, I think we might have l- 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 don't say the word, you know what's going to happen if you say the word lost. The whole it's, edifice is going to You've read crumble. it in the papers. <laughs> Don't say lost. Yeah. Or at least don't say Russia won. That'll be worse. Say you can say you lost, but it's not over or something like that. Just say something like that. <laughs> so at least then we can keep going. Because if you admit it, it's just disaster. It's just like this, the mere vocalization of, 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 of <laughs> it just, to be hell to pay for everybody. You try and explain it, huh? You try and explain it. Try to try That's to get bullshit. try to get in their heads. Why? Why? Why is it so? It's not. It's just a narrative. It's like the. It's like the. This. It's like the, it's like the. This is the line. It's like the fruit. Fruit stones of fruit, and and yeah. we can't we can't allow any fruit into into Gaza because they'll use the pips of the grapes to shoot out, out of a blunderbuss. At, that's why that that's no really that's really why we're not letting fruit into Gaza. Oh yeah, okay, I, I can go with that. Like we have to keep arming Ukraine because, and then you get the bullshit narrative, right? Yeah. We can't allow fruits into Gaza. Add-on ridiculous bullshit narrative. We can't allow Ukraine to lose or Russia to win because add-on bullshit narrative. So the important point there is to remove the bullshit narrative. You know the stinking pile of horseshit, obvious transparent horseshit that comes after that? You remove that completely, all of it, disinfect it a bit, so you start with a clean sheet, and then you put in something that makes sense, that is based on your observation of what's actually, of the way the world works and how these people operate. Um, Which is, give us something. Which is money. Because we like money. And what, we'll no longer like money if Russia wins? We'll no longer have money if Russia wins. 
Is that the case? We'll no longer be able to keep bilking Western taxpayers out of their money to quote-unquote send to Ukraine because the war will be over. Because Ukraine will have said that horrible word lost. And then there'll be Russians saying we won. And then that'll be definitive. And then we won't be able to to justifiably, you know, quote-unquote justifiably, bilk money from Western taxpayers to quote-unquote give to Ukraine because how can you give to Ukraine when there's no but, war anymore? But they have infinite... Well, there are other things they can build people for. They can come up with a new... Like a virus or something? You, well, they will. Maybe use, they will. They're they well, very always, good. They're very imaginative. Well, but wars are an awesome racket. That's why it's been used so often for bilking money. Well, start a different war. Why is Ukraine so important? Well, how do you start a different war? I don't know. Start it in between... Yeah. Germany and France, see what happens. No, you can't start. Well, that's harder to do, you know what I mean? Ukraine was a, was, was a godsend, it was a gift, you know what I mean? Here we're going to have a war that we didn't actually have to actually engage in fighting. All we had to do, it was just like, it was the perfect setup, like we have a war, but you're not actually on the, <clears throat> your head isn't on the chopping block for any kind of like uh, body bags coming home or anything like that. It's like you're doing a wonderful thing. You're being the wonderful supporter of this very just war against the Russian aggressor, Russian aggressor, aggressor, aggressor. So, um, and and that way you still get to bilk all the money, but you don't actually uh, have to deal with people back home complaining about body bags and you know clamoring for this. I mean, it's just it's one of those gifts that keeps on giving and will keep on giving as long as Zelensky doesn't say the word lost. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's ever going to. At at in Davos last week, the Ukrainian foreign minister came to pitch his. Um, do we even need to hear this? But he just said what you just said. You know, just keep giving us the money and the weapons, and we'll supply the human lives. It's a great deal, he said. American troops on the ground. So you save the most important, you save few lives of your soldiers. So we kind of offer the best deal on global market of security. Give us the weapons, give us the money, and we will finish the job. That's it. That's we imagine having a farm. This is close to stripping <laughs> away the bullshit. Yeah. Imagine being a, a, a Ukrainian, like listen to that. Hopefully they don't they can't speak English. Imagine listening to your foreign minister in Davos sitting there telling the global media look Ukraine, I as a member of the Ukrainian government have offered you in the West the best security agreement you'll ever get, which is I sacrifice the flower of Ukrainian manhood and you send us the weapons and, to, the, money. and the money to defeat Russia. Um, and, 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 you know, everybody's happy except all the families of the dead people. But fuck them. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. We're offering a great security deal. Speaking it's of... Like, it's bizarre. Like, you know, what are the, what, yeah, whatever. Anyway, go on. Well, Ukrainians in Davos. Um, this is a bit long. Maybe we won't listen to all of it, but uh, there's an independent journalist. Um, he spoke to a, a counterpart in Davos about his discovery about Ukrainians living it up there. Oh, deleted. Boo. Look it up. It must have been reposted somewhere else. Callum, the unconventional journalist. He bumps into a guy who is also a journalist. No, he says he works in, in real estate in Switzerland. And because it's 
Switzerland got raked over the coals for lack of banking transparency years ago. So now they've got a very public register. And so if your name, if it's a, you're buying a place in your, you know, it's put on a registry, a land registry in Switzerland. And he's just going through on his phone. Look at all these Ukrainian MPs, government ministers, buying 9 million, 10 million euro mm-hmm. mansions. In a particular part of Switzerland, where other elites go because it's like super low tax in, in this one particular canton of Stad, I think it's called. Yeah. That's where the money goes, basically. Well, uh, an enormous amount of it. So Kubele, that foreign minister, is literally there. He's there on business to, for the pitch, but he's probably also got a house or somebody knows there's a house. Mm-hmm. So you give us the money. While I'm here in Switzerland, I'll buy myself a mansion with it, and I'll give you... Some Ukrainian, Ukrainian lives. Yeah. I'll swap you them for Ukrainian lives. Um, it may not be Israeli, but it's it's similar levels of psychology. Yeah, yeah. Check. Um, this is just to, just for the record, basically, it's just so people know. Um, Hamas is being, people wonder, like, why doesn't Hamas say anything? Or is, is Hamas say anything? You don't hear much from Hamas on CNN, like a Hamas spokesman. Hello, I'm from Hamas. Here's what's happening. You don't hear that much. Anyway, this is... Um, did I send that to you, Scotty? No? Yeah. No. Oh. I didn't. Uh, here it is. Um, so it's like several parts, and this is... Um, so it's basically a statement that they published, and this relates to... This part relates to the events of the Operation Alaska Flood and the responses to Israeli allegations. Basically, this is Hamas officially saying that... Uh, the allegations that the Al-Qassam brigades on October 7th were targeting Israeli civilians are nothing but complete lies and fabrications. The source of these allegations is the Israeli official narrative and no independent source proved any of them. It is a well-known fact that the Israeli official narrative has always sought to demonize Palestinian resistance, blah, 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 uh, while also legalizing its brutal aggression in Gaza. Video, video clips taken on October 7th, along with testimonies by Israelis themselves that were released later, showed that the Al-Qassam Brigade fighters didn't target any civilians, and many Israelis were killed by the Israeli army and police due to their confusion. And then refuting the 40 beheaded babies and any rape allegations, uh, and, and down below the bit about the Israeli helicopter um, targeting people at the Nova Music Festival. So, uh, he said, yeah, so... Um, Basically, it just goes on, and, and that's just one part of it. But just so people know that Hamas has officially released a statement saying that they didn't kill any civilians uh, on uh, October 7th. Uh, Which no, is the opposite to what a terror group does. Of course. Because, yes, we did it. Of course, of course they, they, they deserved it. They kill our Palestinian civilians yeah. all the time. They deserved it, blah, blah, blah. You would gloat about it. You'd, 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 you'd big it up, basically, yeah. right? But here you have them saying, no, we didn't do it at all, which is weird to say that you didn't if you actually did because you would use it as a feather in your cap but apparently they are saying no we don't that's not the, that wasn't the point at all we didn't target any civilians um, and of course the evidence suggests that that was the case as well that it was actually Israel that targeted civilians on October 7th and there was probably some kind of death squad going on there as well that went in with a specific purpose of increasing the civilian dead or death count um, in order to justify like I said Israel's Final solution. Final solution for Palestine, uh, for and Gaza, and for Palestinians in general, which they've had for 20, 30, 40, 50. Well, you can go back to, you know, you can go back as long as you want, but certainly in, th- in the last 20 years, or at least 20 years ago, you had notable Israelis saying that, listen, we need to definitively deal, definitively deal with this Palestinian problem. We need to get rid of the Palestinians. They need to be gone. Um, and they even said, you know, well, you know, 
we can't do it right now, but at some point it will become expedient and unnecessary or we'll have the opportunity to do it. And it just so happened that they created the conditions, they created the, the justification for doing it on October 7th. That's the world you live in, people, and, you know, you can wake up to it or not, but it's your choice, but that's reality right there. So, um, I'm tired, like, stuff's just so easy. People are like, oh, what did they do? What happened on October 7th? It's all complicated and stuff. People saying one thing and other people saying another, and I just read Twitter and it gets all confusing and stuff. It's like, no, it's not confusing at all. It's pretty simple. They had a plan, they needed a justification, they created a justification, and they put the plan into action, and they're putting the plan into action right now. End of story. I mean, it's great, because you can just, like, move on then from that one. Got that one down, let's move on. <clears throat> so, um... But it's confusing. I'm confused by it. Um, but they wouldn't be so evil. They wouldn't do that. I, like, I choose to believe that people are good. Everywhere. Okay. You go ahead and do that. Let me know how it goes. Um, did you see... Um, did you see Djokovic? Yeah, serving an ace. Yeah, after he... Dude. After some... Not surprising that it happened in Australia. Um, the home of the COVID... The COVID Nazis. Uh, the headquarters of the COVID Nazis in the, in the Western world. Oh, I don't know. Are they... I think Australia takes 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 the prize for that okay. one. Yeah, just pips, pips it at the post. Um. Four match points. Please. Go what did he yellow? Go back to the game. Four match points. Please. Are you going to get vaccinated, Novak? Yeah, he just kind of breaks his concentration. People are booing, which is good. Oh. Are you going to be vaccinated? No, I just win this match. Unvaccinated. How's that? <laughs> You'll probably win this one too. And then there was, um, interestingly related, there's this one, there's a guy, Mike Dixon, who uh, uh, yeah. was... Uh, He's a journalist, a, a sports journalist, British sports journalist, and he was at the, and he, you know, specifically for tennis, he's a tennis journalist. Um, and he was at the Australian Open reporting on it, and he just happened to uh, keel over dead, 59, I think, Mike Dixon. Uh, and back in 2002, when Djokovic was under pressure and all that kind of stuff, and he didn't go to the Australian Open where he, where he was, he was not allowed to go to the Australian Open because he was unvaccinated. It's ridiculous. Uh, this guy, Mike Dixon, was his one of his greatest critics in that respect, uh, saying, that, saying that he was deplorable and that he was ruining his chances of becoming the greatest of all time by refusing to take the vaccine. It's a strange hill to die on for a player who is so desperate to be loved. <laughs> Throwing all, all sorts of shape at him. Yeah. All sorts of shade at him. And then, uh, lo and behold, at the next... Well, two years later, Australian Open, the same guy collapses and dies unexpectedly. Some strange, I don't know, just unexpected death from, you know, died suddenly uh, and doctors are baffled. Baffling. Why? It's, it's baffling. It is baffling. He died with like 17 COVID boosters in him, but uh, it's still baffling. Mike Dixon, you'll yeah. be sorely missed. 
Yeah. Blink, blink, blink. Yeah. <sighs> well, God love him. He didn't know. Now Did he, he know. Well, he didn't know. Now he knows. Yeah. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. He doesn't. He's none. He's none of the fucking. Laser. I think these people go well if they go to somewhere like heaven. I think they remain. Of course they do. Because they go to a heaven that reflects what they strongly held on to, right? Well, they're just the same. The same so as they were he's up there now going, Novak, get vaccinated, yeah. you tell sir. Yeah. Get vaccinated or you might end up like me. You know. It's like, hang on, I was Your vaccinated. truth, my truth, right? How did that happen? Um, <clears throat> um, Biden. General Millie, Millie. Are you going to America? Yeah. America. America, Millie. Well, we got it. America is like the most important place on the planet. Yeah. We can't talk, not talk about America. Millie, what do you do? Listen to Millie here. Is that how you pronounce his name? Millie. It sounds like a, a girl. Did I? Yeah, there you go. Have a listen. Millie's got some questions he wants answered. Ah, that's from... And I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to Me maintain too. an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, <coughs> I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make That's me comments. So what is wrong with understanding, having some <laughs> situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? Good job. That, that's, I want to know. That's three years a couple ago, of years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After yeah. the guy, he wants to know why all those people tried to overthrow our democracy. Why did they do that? And the guy, Twitter guy, end wokeness says uh, he's referring to January sixth. Right? Yeah. Why did they want to overthrow our democracy in January sixth? In two thousand eighteen, there were forty four k white recruits. In twenty twenty three, the number fell to just twenty five k white recruits. Um. But yeah, Mark Milley should just. He's asking silly questions. Why did they want to do that? Well, probably. Well, it's pretty. Does he not? Does he not follow the papers? They all thought that the election was stolen. That's why they thought that the, that the constitution. They tried to overthrow the constitution because they thought the constitution had already been overthrown by Millie by people like you. Um, it's pretty simple, and <coughs> you won't find. Uh, tell you what, you won't find the answer in Mao Zedong. <laughs> or Karl Marx. Well, you might find it in Karl Marx. You never know. Um, but January sixth, there was that was in the news a bit. Well, it wasn't really. Tucker Carlson brought attention to it. They released video footage of one of the sites <clears throat> where a pipe bomb was left under a bench outside the DNC building. Mm-hmm. There were two. One was left outside DNC and RNC next to the Capitol. And there's new footage. It had been leaked before, showing the guy leaving it and mm-hmm. walking away. That was the kind of black and white footage. And now there's clear, clear as day, the next day, basically. It's someone walking up to a cop car and a Secret Service car mm-hmm. to let them know right next to them there's a bomb under a bench. Anyway, do you, mm. have, do you have it? Mm. No. Okay. Well, I, I, <clears throat> it's, um, we won't play it. It's... Um, Tucker Carlson was interviewing Darren Beatty about it, who, um, he's at Revolver News. Mm-hmm. He's been on January 6th since the beginning. Yeah, it's a, it's a damning piece of footage, but it's kind of crickets. The media's like, meh, whatever. That could mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
did you see this? <laughs> Just like a little little hint of what might happen on January 6th or what caused January 6th, inter- the insurrection <laughs> of January. America is such a... Such a America, America itself, the country, if you can call it that, is such a... It's such a joke, you know, just on the basis of January 6th. Call it January 6th an insurrection. Such a, such a bunch of snowflakes, like. Yeah. Insurrection, you don't know what insurrection my ass like. Yeah. Anyway, Trump held a vote scandal go viral. So what, what really happened? Actually, this is a, when alleged ballot stuffing was caught on camera in New England City, Donald Trump and his supporters seized on, this got nothing to do with Donald Trump, right? They put Donald Trump in, in there to try and kind of discredit it in some bullshit subtle way. I'm saying that he, he, he helped it go viral, whatever. But basically, uh, there was evidence on a recent mayoral election in Bridgeport, which is somewhere in, where is it? Uh, New England, New England City. So basically, um, Controversy that not only upended Bridgeport's mayoral race, but has caught the eye of former U.S. President Donald Trump. Yes, Donald Trump, 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 whatever. It's not, not, that's not part of the story. In September, leaked, inta- leaked surveillance video appeared to show several people stuffing ballots into Bridgeport's vote, voting drop boxes. The alleged box stuffers include allies of Bridgeport's mayor, Joe Gannon. So basically, it's just a story about, uh, you know, on a local level, local election level for a mayor, Mm. Of a of a city, um, pretty much clear evidence of supporters of one candidate mm. going and stuffing a load of ballots that they made up that they just you know got themselves obviously and filled in themselves and stuffed them into a ballot box and to be counted. So basically, it's election rigging, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's just an evidence of the fact that it happens, and in fact, that claim is what is the claim of, of that what ha- that's what happened on uh, the twenty. 2020 election, uh, presidential election in America. That was, that was, that. That was in part part of the rigging with ballot stuffing. People going and stuffing ballots in, and there is actually evidence, uh, photographic evidence and video evidence of people, strange people going. I mean, they afterwards they say no, those people were allowed to stuff those boxes. They were just getting them from the ballot boxes. They weren't putting them in there. But you know, it's it's American just American electoral system is a joke. Like obviously, have it's seen, rife with rigging. Have you watched for, Two Thousand Mules? No, but I... It's epic. Yeah. The scale of it is yeah. epic. Yeah, it was something like... 2020. Something like a total of maybe like 500,000 votes across five or six states, now them like uh, the major swing states, basically, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. there was up like 50,000 extra were stuffed, you know, 80,000, over 100,000, and another one basically totaling to maybe half a million or more. They, they did votes. a very conservative analysis to, yeah. to pinpoint... Um, the drop boxes like that one in Bridgeport, mm. a key sites in in swing states, mm. in quote swing states, mostly Democrat controlled cities, uh, and they narrowed it down to two thousand mules. Hence the name of the the show. Yeah. These were solid. These were people who were kept returning over during the night. Mm-hmm. They were doing multiple runs of multiple ballots, mm-hmm. and their route. They couldn't identify them by name, but they could identify their positions, geolocate them mm-hmm. through mobile phone data. I'm not sure how they got it. I think they said they just paid a security company for the data mm. and or it was leaked. That that's part's a bit shady, you know, mm. kind of spy versus buy stuff. But anyway, once they had that key phone data, they could track them and the numbers, the quant- the numbers they were returning with. So they they narrowed it down to just those 2,000 who delivered a, at least a minimum number of ballots each 
So these were the major ballot stuffers. Yeah. And that was, yeah, it translated to hundreds of thousands of votes for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, just as an aside, I mean, the official Russian position on this is Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. But Putin dropped it this week when he gave some kind of, it's one of those things where it's televised and there's snippets of it from his statements that become news stories. I think he was speaking in front of a panel, uh, maybe a vets, I'm not sure. And he dropped that the, the last U.S. election was rigged. Who? Putin. He did, yes, that's right. Did you see that? Yeah. It's just a 20-second clip. I don't even want to play it. He's describing exactly the process that um, the last U.S. election was stolen. So if, if it's, I don't know, if maybe it's a signal that they might change their view on it, their official position, but officially Putin and Russian government are like, yeah, Biden won. But unofficially, Putin's just dropping this like two days ago. Можно все сфальсифицировать, так как в Соединенных Штатах фальсифицировали предыдущие выборы через голосование по почте. Ну понятно, что это голосование по почте. Скупали за 10 долларов бюллетени, вписывали и без всяких, без всякого, без всякого наблюдения со yeah, but Putin's a Russian propagandist, though, isn't he? Yeah, that, that I know. That, that means he, you have to dismiss. And on the right, uh, the... Uh, that's something else, but yeah, that's also kind mm-hmm. of a bombshell. That's Igor Kirillov. He's mm-hmm. the head of the Russian like WMD facility mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. their department, within their military structure. And, and he's been giving these press conferences for a year, for a year now. Yeah. This, this latest one, he says... Play that. Can we read the text? Text was too small to read, at least for us at this scale. But, um, global control by creating biological crises. Basically saying that the US plan to manufacture another biological crisis. Yeah, disease two, X. Two, uh, two, two, two bombs. Two dropped. bombs side by side. Dropped by Russia. Selection year again. Last time it was COVID plus ballot stuffing. And Basically the message out of Russia for Americans is your elections are rigged. 2020 was rigged. 2024 will be rigged. And also uh, America is planning between now and then to release a biological weapon and uh, some kind of a, another COVID. COVID part two, this time it's personal. Uh, so prepare yourself for that. And then meanwhile, in the global south, things are going really well with um, Wolverine's retarded brother, also known as Argentinian, Argenti- Argentina's uh, president, uh, Millet, is hard at work. Let's see what he's up to. What are you up to? Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera. Aunque te resistas. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación, afuera. Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social, afuera. Ministerio de Educación, Education Ministry, Indoctrination, out. Ministry of Transportation, out. Ministry of Health, out. Social Development, 
Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! So all, all, all of uh, the main ministries in Argentina uh, apparently are out. Uh, they're gone. They don't exist anymore. It's just going to be Javier Millet and his awesome sideburns running the country. If you've got a, if you've got a problem, you don't call her GP anymore. You call Javier. Javier. <laughs> McGout's acting up. What'll I do? He'll say... Consult the free market. He'll say, Viva la libertad, carajo. And then hang up on you. Um... That, that's when Oli was campaigning, so it remains to be seen exactly what he will ah, it's all gone. defund. It's done. It's defunded he said everything. there's going to be, have to be a lot of pain. It's going to, been going to be very painful for a while, but then it'll get awesome afterwards when you've got no health service. We'll see. Did you see? Did you listen to his speech at the, at the WEF? No. No. It's bizarre. I saw an AI doctor version. So it, it looks as if it's him saying it. It's his voice and everything. It manipulates his face. Mm. You don't see that it's dubbed, yeah. but it's in English. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good speech, but it's not, it's not really reality-based. You know, it's one thing. He puts up the ide- ideal of what man could be if we just basically remove the government completely. Mm. Okay. Chaos. Awesome. Yeah. Well, In the current, current climate. Like you yourself would say, I don't need government, I don't need leaders. Yeah. I'm my own man, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. So that would, that should appeal to you, right? Appeal to me. Appeal to you. I, don't, I wouldn't prescribe it for everybody. <laughs> That's the thing. Some people are, some people need mommy and daddy, you know? Yeah. It's a the, lot of people uh, need mommy yeah, and daddy. The problem is, and that's okay, but the problem is that mommy and daddy these days are psychos. So, no, they shouldn't have that kind of money. Maybe they'd be better off then. Maybe this is the time for Malays. They're caught. Ultra libertarian. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know. They need mommy and daddy, but the only mommy and daddy available is a couple of psychos. So, uh, what do you do? Um, satire came to life this week in a glorious way. We mentioned earlier that the Boeing stock has been wiped off because of recent incidents like the, the panel falling off a plane mid-flight in Alaska. Um. <clears throat> By the way, I'll tell you one other thing. You're asking what the answer is as to why if if Russia and, if Russia wins and Ukraine loses, mm. um, that the whole West, the West would immediately collapse. And what and I said, money. It's not. It's the, ex, the narratives they give are bullshit. Like as in Russia is going to take over the rest of the world. I mean, it's, it's going to. They kind of use a, they use Europe. a metaphor in a certain yeah. sense when they say that their their bullshit answer is a kind of metaphor where. They claim that Russia would invade Poland and then invade the Baltics and then invade France and then invade Germany and then invade Iceland and then invade, um, you know, uh, land in the Bahamas. Green mass, Greenland, Greenland and then the Bahamas. Then Newfoundland, Newfoundland. then Washington. Next thing it's, yeah, and Washington. Then, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a metaphor for what would happen in the sense that their money dries up, their money making dries up. But, I mean, there is an element, obviously, to, to um, one tangible, one thing you can actually, you know, define as being... A negative for the West is like, for example, if they are able to, if Russia Russia wins, and if I don't even think this would be the case, but if they were able to take over most of Ukraine, or even half of Ukraine, they would, uh, like Russia is already the the, the largest wheat producer uh, and exporter in the world, but they would end up if they were to take most of not even even just half of Ukraine because most of the you know wheat producing land is in. Is, is in the east, uh, they would end up maybe with 
rather than 20%. They'll add 10% of Ukraine, so they'll have 30% of the of the wheat production, the, wheat, the share of the world's wheat. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that gives them more leverage. So Russia would gain a few, certainly gain a few things, tangible things that would increase their influence and power in the world. But Western countries just shit their pants at even a slight increase in Russia, Russia's influence. Their whole goal all along has been to reduce Russia's influence. And so any, any result that would lead to the opposite, even if only marginal, is just horrible for them because you know, who knows what, come next, what, what comes next. But it's just their own power and their own influence. They don't want Russia having any more power and influence than it already has because they don't agree with Russia's view of for the world, Russia's view of, of the world and how it should work. And any increase that Russia gets um, from winning in Ukraine would just mean that it has that bit more influence in terms of pushing its and its allies' uh, vision of, of the world. And so it's more of a longer-term, slow creep that they're worried about, you know, as well as losing money in the short term. Anyway, carry on. Well, now that we've, now that we've gone back to, you know, the 64,000 meta question of geopolitics. Um, Xi, Xi Jinping. We haven't mentioned China once in the show. It's kind of like the elephant in the room here. Because you've heard them say over and over again. We uh, are coming for no, your daughters. Well, late, lately, they've been, <clears throat> the, the Western, the Westoids have been saying what we heard Robertson say today. Well, you see, if we don't get them now, then they'll get Poland and then get and then you know. If we don't have next to fight them there, we'll have to fight but them. But that here. isn't that's that's only one track bullshit narrative. There's another track bullshit narrative. Is if we don't stop Russia in Ukraine, China will be emboldened over there. Which is a version of it's an, it's an updated twenty first century version of the Lyndon Baines Johnson. Mm. There's a commie in all them southern gooks and stuff, right? And if we don't, you know, get them now, all those little dominoes, it was a bullshit of its time but it echoes so here's Xi Jinping this week I don't know what the context is maybe it's a televised speech maybe it's from a New Year speech um, I'm not even sure we're going to actually listen to him is it text or excuse me it's just a text let me just see what the text is from it's from something last year so I we'd have to look it up I don't know what this is from but this is supposedly um, something he said last year. Western modernization was fraught with sanguineous bloody crimes such as war, slave trade, colonization and plunder which inflicted untold misery on developing countries. Having suffered from aggression, bullying and humiliation by Western powers, we Chinese are keenly aware of the value of peace and will never follow the beaten path of the West. The biggest problems with Western modernization are that it is capital-centered rather than people-centered and that it seeks to maximize capital gains rather than serve the interests of the vast majority of the people. That's communism right there. It's communism. I know. It's Marxist-Leninism, theory 101. But there's a core point here which even if you strip out the historical materialist interpretation of economics and the development of peoples, the core point is there that is that he distinguishes Western modernization. He's saying that you don't have to be Western aligned or Western subjugated or Western this and that, Western gay, Western everything, you know, to be modernizing. And mm. that is exactly the problem they have with yeah. China. It has modernized in its own way. It has therefore, it has therefore laid down the Mac and said that modernization is not synonymous Western with Westernization. It need not be. And this is what is making heads explode in the West and mm. has been since at least since he was, became Get your hands off our modernization. 
Yeah, it's, modern nation is ours. Our world order, our rules. No, 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 you don't get the dishwasher unless, no, mm. no. And China's like, yeah, but we've just built a new type of dishwasher. Mm. That's even better than yours. Mm. No, 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 you just copied us. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so we're on and on it goes. But this is the, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road. Mm. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is that I don't think China could even have wanted to go, go communist as people think of, of communism. Uh, and Russia certainly doesn't, doesn't, isn't heading in that direction either. So all that, that's just fear mongering. That, all that kind of stuff about China, communist Chinese and communist Russian or whatever is, uh, it's just Western government uh, propaganda, uh, anti those two countries propaganda uh, aimed at their own populations to, in order to keep them in thrall, you know, to avoid them being open to ideas as expressed by Xi right there, you know. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I mentioned Boeing. I, w- I want to do this. So, um, the Federal Aviation Authority last week, this is like life imitating satire. <clears throat> Here's a screenshot. Um, I don't know if this is a right-wing-ish media lampooning or sort of taking it too far. I'm not quite sure exactly what the FAA specified, but the claim is that the Federal Aviation Authority is recruiting people with specific disabilities under a new diversity drive. Severe intellectual disabilities. Yeah. Well, uh, it worked really well for, they the, want <laughs> for the government. So they've already, they've already met with glowing, wonderful, uh, resounding success for, by doing that in the, in the Biden administration. So... Serious <coughs> <coughs> psychiatric problems. DEI. Hi, this is uh, Dallas Airport Control. <laughs> <laughs> what is a plane? Um, and so here's the satire. Like this is two years ago, Babylon B. In major win for diversity, airline hires blind. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take yeah. for satire to become reality? It's currently 18 months. Go back to that previous one, Scotty. The Federation Administration is looking for recruits with severe intellectual disabilities. The agency is hunting people with psychiatric issues and other mental and physical conditions. It includes jobs such as air traffic controllers are keen to employ those with hearing and vision, imp- vision impairments, missing limbs, and partial and complete paralysis. I mean, uh, like I said, this is the Daily Mail, so it could be them, like, they're exaggerating air something about it. Air traffic controller with vision impairments. Um, <laughs> what about, like, a, the, was it TIA, like, the you know, the, the screeners, like, who are meant to... The TAA? TAA, is it TAA, TAA, whatever, TAA, um, TAA, um... The security, the security, yeah, who have to like you know feel you up to check if you got bombs on you or something. Um, well, someone with complete paralysis would be good at that, no? <laughs> oh, missing right. limb, ju- at least I'm you just, don't even get half the feel. I'm up. just kind of frisky now. Uh, anyway, thankfully, thankfully, that's you know that's just bureaucratic hiccup. You know, thankfully though. The really important person in America, <clears throat> the person who counts, you know, the president, he's still compass mentors. So let's hear Joe Biden 
say something, something Civil War? Something, F-16s? Something civil war. And I love people who say, the blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me. Oh, Jesus. The tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Well, guess what, man? I didn't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there walking around making sure that we have these weapons. Well, huh? And if you really want to worry about the government, you need an F-16. I didn't see a whole lot of patriots walking around out there making sure we have these weapons. What's he talking about? I have no idea. But the last sentence. If you, yeah, if you need, if you, what he said, if you want to <coughs> worry about the government, you need, you need F-16s. That's about the 10th time in four years he said yeah. something like this. It's really creepy, and it's clearly pointed. Yeah, it's like I'm a dictator now. It's and, kind of, you know what uh, it I can is. Do what I want. He's, he, he said it in the context of gun control before. It's like you know, and the the American obsession with for the right to bear arms, right? The Second Amendment people. He's always been like, you know, let's let us limit it because the the thing you're shouting back at me, the Second Amendment, speaks about the right to bear arms in case of a tyrannical government, right? Mm-hmm. But you're never going to get F-16s. He said it properly in context before, but lately he says it just like, I, I'm pretty sure this was in the context of a question about civil war or, or like a civil war atmosphere, the polarized climate in the United States in general. Mm. So it, it, it's, it's, he keeps saying it. And the, that if it's the 10th or 12th time that he said it, there's kind of an, a, a sinister subtext, which is, I have the F-16s. Mm-hmm. Winner takes all. You don't have them. If you want them, come and get them. But mm-hmm. I've got them. Might makes right. You know, that's what it smells like. Yeah. Democracy be damned. Which, of course, yeah, given yeah. what actually happened in 2020. Well, look, that's just Joe. He's senile. You know, thankfully... The bureaucrats are losing it with their diversity hires. Joe Biden is senile, and I think even Democrats recognize that. But that's okay, because we still have Kamala. What did Kamala say this week? You know, she can Very at least... Very important to know, yeah. She can string sentences together, so... You know, I have to tell you, I love Gen Z. (laughs) Yes, I know, but I love Gen Z. And and it will be a humbling fact to many of us when we realize that anyone who is 18 today, they were born in 2005. Indeed, yes, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's That's great, great. thanks. Thanks, VP. Uh, That's great. All right, moving on. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, Russia just experienced, uh, marked the uh, their epiphany. So let's check in on Vlad for comparison. How did Vladimir Putin mark epiphany in Moscow? Uh, Imagine Joe Biden doing that. He's real mad. No, you can't. <laughs> He'd go under and wouldn't come back up the first time. He really <laughs> <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. Well, the comparison is Joe Biden goes to the beach six yeah. times yeah. in June, July, eats ice cream and sleeps. Yeah. Yeah, the contrast is pretty stark. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden's a bit older, isn't he? Ten years older. Putin probably still be doing that one, did he? 
Um, that's about all I've got. But uh, there were more UFO leaks. You know that video of the spaghetti thing? Has that already jellyfish. been in the news? The jellyfish. The spaghetti monster is what the people on the on the base called it. Mm. Um, I, I only just watched it recently. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. You have, okay. The peeps probably have. Yeah. I just caught up with it recently. Yeah. I, I, it's worth noting because people ask me, you know, what's the latest? Well, every week there's something. So, okay, it's been a few weeks since Spaghetti Monster jellyfish thing is floating across the base in Iraq since that was released. That's from 2016 or something. But there's another one from 2019. This was a triangle, triangle UFO spotted off a ship somewhere off the United States. Um, I only mention it because it's another drip, drip. And this wasn't David Grush. This was someone else through a FOIA request or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, 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 it's more drip, drip disclosure. You get something every week. Mm-hmm. But it it's doesn't con- get the commensurate attention. Yeah, you should fucking have. It's conditioning. You're just conditioning the population, you know. And you have to realize you're being conditioned for some, possibly, probably for some ultimate... So ultimately, some revelation, and just realize that you're being conditioned, and look at look at look at how you're being conditioned, and why. Because the fact that it's a deception, that there's something nefarious about it, is the fact. It's seen in the fact that that they're that they're doing this. They're having congressional testimony about it and all kind of stuff, but then there's no official acceptance of it. You know, there's no follow up on it. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know, guy David Grush and others are there in Congress saying, yes, you know, biological, uh, as biologics as in actual alien bodies, whatever, alien spaceship, all that kind of stuff. So he provides that testimony. And he's got evidence for it. So they go into a closed room meeting afterwards, whatever. You'd think there'd be some discussion about it, right? And then Congress would go and look at all that evidence. They'd get to see the, whatever they could see themselves. And then they would draw a conclusion. Then, then they would tell the American people, yes, based on our, you know, we brought in some scientists and all that kind of stuff. And yes, it looks like what this guy is saying is true. Uh, there's no reason to doubt him. And we've seen it ourselves. And yes, aliens exist. There you go. You'd expect that to be the result of, of when you get to the point of having congressional testimony yeah. that isn't refuted, but isn't, you'd expect it to be followed up on, either refuted or approved or, or, you know what I mean, or, you know, verified as true, and then a statement made by the government or by Congress or by the government. You pass it up the line, whatever, and then you make a statement. But you, it just, you get nothing. Nothing comes of it. And then, and then you get, the, like you said, another little drip. Next few, week, a few, few another weeks, videos later, released. Another videos released bit by bit by bit. So it's obviously people are being conditioned to accept the ultimate reality of aliens of some description. Congress or members of Congress, members of the, members of the government already know what that is but are only drip-feeding it to you bit by bit. Now, that is inherently suspicious yeah. and likely nefarious. So just take it, you know, take it uh, for what it is in the moment and don't reserve judgment, basically, all along, um, because it's dodgy. Anything the American government does is dodgy, basically. So that's all I have to say about aliens. Anyway, um, <laughs> same. We're done. I yes. Think. But. Any. Yeah, but. That's it. We're yeah. good. Um, You're heading back to the beach. I'm going back to the beach now. Um, you know it's two degrees outside. Not in the beach. Um, <laughs> I always. Did you know that I always wanted to be a Gregorian monk? Oh. Well. Yeah. I never got the chance, though. Ah. I never got the chance. I never got the chance, yeah. 
<laughs> so, do you do you find these on like? Huh? Joke no, I just make them up. Um, yeah, just come out of information field. Uh, yeah, you so, wake up on Sunday morning and there it is. Another one. <laughs> Eureka! Another horrible joke. Um, yeah, so we're going to leave it there for this week, folks. Thanks for listening, watching, and for commenting. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then. Stay vaccine-free. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching. Bye. Can't stop the signal now.